Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. I wanted to do a follow-up on that documentary that I told you guys about, and I had said that I wasn't sure if I was going to keep watching it, because in the first two episodes, which I did find specific things very relatable, um, I also thought it was... There's just a few things that were just a little too like unsettling for me um, regarding some of the physical abuse in the documentary. Um, but I did end up watching um, the following episodes, which I was glad I did. Um, there were some key things in them, and it was the documentary about Gypsy Rose Blanchard that I told you was on Lifetime. I didn't realize it was going to be on all weekend I thought it was like this Friday and then next Friday they do another but it's been running all weekend um so I just saw the third and fourth episodes and I'm not sure if there's more after that I really don't know and I haven't actually finished the fourth but there were some things in the third and fourth episodes that I wanted to point out and one of them was actually something that I had mentioned on this podcast before so it it fits perfectly with, um, you know, people who go through long-term trauma, which Gypsy did. And in her scenario, which I've covered this already, but she grew up where her mom had Munchausen by proxy. And so Gypsy was being used as a pawn by her mother in a Munchausen by proxy scenario. So when you're saying that your kid is sick or a caregiver is saying, you know, usually a kid is sick and they're not really sick. It's somebody using somebody in that manner and a lot of times it's for attention or sometimes maybe financial benefit for the caregiver Um, but the person being made to pretend they're sick goes through horrible things but in relation to that I wanted to point out um, something really specific and this is something that I had mentioned on this podcast about a year ago Um, so I've I've said before my I have this concept of the four rules to life and in regards to my last episode I just did on this podcast um, where I talked about having like a workbook for complex PTSD this is something that would be in the workbook are these four rules to life that I try to live by Um, I'm going to mention the first one so on my four rules Uh, The main goal of being in a relationship with someone is because you want to spend and share your time with them based on your mutual interests, and that should go both ways. So in regards to that first rule that I have, um, the one thing I used to do in the past is seek out a rescuer, is seek out somebody um, like a, a savior, a rescuer, somebody kind of get you in, get you away from craziness. Um, if you're growing up in a toxic home, and that's what Gypsy did on the show. She she did that exact thing. So her first, or I should say her relationship with the guy who ended up um, killing her mom, um, that relationship was like that. She was looking for someone to protect her, um, but it turned out being a psychopathic person, like a psychopath. Um, he also believed he was a 500-year-old vampire. That was like part like his his other personality was a 500 year old vampire named Victor Um, and so Victor was the one that he was saying that was gonna 
do this, like get rid of Gypsy's mom so Gypsy didn't have to worry about her mom anymore. Um, but the point is she was seeking out a rescuer. Uh, and I've done the same thing in the past. And so I have a point here on my four rules to life under. So I put, I'll give an example of what you shouldn't do. This is also something I've done in more than once. So search out a rescuer is something you shouldn't do. Many people who have been in abuse or come from a place where they weren't taken care of might search out a rescuer. I did this in my first relationships. A mental rescuer is what I sought out and a financial rescuer. People can sense when you are simply wanting to be provided for or rescued. And you will never find someone who will want to spend and share their time with you if they feel like you primarily want them to take care of you unless they have nefarious purposes or reasons. Uh, So I wrote on here, think about it. What are they sharing with you? They will likely end up resenting you because you aren't loving them for them. You are seeing them as a caretaker. So it's almost as if you jump from one kind of toxic situation and you you go right into another one if you seek out a such a relationship that's not an an even playing field based on your mutual interest and you're um seeking out what i just refer to it as a rescuer um and i also put on here if you grow up so in my particular situation growing up there was a lot of condescending and belittling talk which I all think goes back to stress and your inability to focus from the abuse and so you might do things where somebody might speak to you condescendingly but they might already that might also just be part of the abuse is the condescending so it's it's super damaging Um, but if you end up into a relationship seeking a rescuer, they might be condescending too. So it's like you get yourself into the same thing you just try to get away from. Um, and I, I put on here, a rescuer is another term for a caregiver. So you really are just seeking out what you are escaping to begin with. That's the re-victimization mentality that haunts so many of us with childhood abuse that develops into complex PTSD. So I had already written this but i just wanted to point out in that documentary it shows it it shows how it plays out on that gypsy rose documentary so i think it was episode three going into episode four and like i said i haven't watched all of episode four but i know that they've the parts that i just stopped watching um i guess she got engaged while she was still in prison because she also went to prison for the mental process that went into this this guy that she was seeing before who murdered her mom um because it was her idea and so she just she just got out of prison by the way um but she got engaged to somebody in prison and i guess i think they're married now i haven't watched the end of it yet um and one psychologist i think he was a psychologist someone that she was talking to like a therapist on the phone said he thought that he didn't really have basically the highest hopes for the current relationship she's in now, now that she's out, and I think they're married, this guy that she's with. Um, This therapist said that he didn't have the highest hopes for that because he thought that they were moving too fast. But having said that, that same therapist could say that about a whole bunch of people. So 
you know, nobody knows how anybody's relationship's going to turn out. But, um, you know, it's, he thinks that she's moving too fast, basically. Um, and for me personally, um, so I just wanted to do that follow-up really quick. And that will probably be the last that I talk about that documentary. Uh, but I thought it was very interesting because she, again, I think is a perfect candidate for complex PTSD. And the Munchausen aspect was relatable because, as I said before, my primary abuser, I personally believe, has Munchausen. I don't think that there was a Munchausen by proxy thing going on. It was a Munchausen. Um, so the that aspect is very unique and very very key, similar, relatable things going on there for that and then for my own situation. But I wanted to point that out. And again, one of the key symptoms of complex PTSD is struggle with relationships. And a lot of it just goes back to that dysfunction. So the dysfunction that you grow up in and the enabling of the dysfunction by other people, the systemicness of it. So like the people that surround the abuser who overlook it or that it's systemic. I, I just use the word systemic because sometimes it can be family. And so if you have like aunts and uncles who just allow the abuse to go on, that can be systemic. And so it becomes very normalized. Um, but yeah, the, the relationship aspect is definitely, I would have to say, the hardest. Uh, and that could be friendships or dating. So I just thought that that would be relatable. Um, if you hadn't seen that documentary, there's definitely key relatable things for people with complex PTSD, for sure. And again, I don't see this on TV a lot. I particularly don't see it in regards to family dynamics and complex PTSD. And that's probably why I point out the show Hoarders from time to time, because that's one of the only places I've ever seen it where there's like this long-term obvious neglect going on. Um, and many times emotional abuse. There doesn't always have to be um, that same type of abuse just because somebody is a hoarder they aren't always like that to their kids but sometimes they're horrible to their kids but there's there's always usually the aspect of neglect in regards to that tv show um so that's probably why i bring it up a lot it's one of the only things i see it on besides maybe an occasional miniseries sometimes i'll see it in that um for example i've mentioned before i think on the sopranos that was such a well-done show, and the son, AJ, um, I very much think there was something going on with him. I think he's such an overlooked character uh, because, I mean, his, his dad was psycho. His dad was psycho on that show, um, and it was all very much enabled. It was all very systemic because his dad was a mob boss, and the only one that really, I think, ever even saw it was AJ's sister. Um, and that's, that's so true is, you know, once you become very depressed and affected by it, your sibling is the only one that will a lot of times see what's really going on with you. So, you know, that's sometimes I go back to miniseries or movies or whatever they might be, but it's a very well done show. That's a, in my opinion, a Greek tragedy is what that is. So 
But anyway, I just wanted to point out a few few aspects of how relationships you can easily get into the exact thing you're trying to get away from. So it takes a lot of, I think, counseling with professionals and, you know, knowing what not to do. But I think the first step is getting to know your interests so then you can share your interests with who that you will eventually bond with based on interests, you know, and commonalities and not based on dysfunctional ways of communicating. Because I think a lot of times you that's how you end up with somebody is dysfunctional ways of communicating. And I did that with a lot of my friends in my late teens, early 20s very toxic ways of communicating that just weren't healthy but it's where we had come from so it's what we it's what we bonded over um we definitely weren't bonding over our interests i would say um i didn't hardly know what mine were at that time besides i like drawing and art but i don't think i had any friends i bonded over that with so i just wanted to share that your again your interests is a huge part of survival and it's a huge part of um getting better in life is engaging with those things so that's how i think a relationship would be formed a healthy relationship this is the complex ptsd guy signing off